This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley, Season 2, Episode 9, The Irish and the Choctaw Nation, A Debt of Gratitude Repaid. In 1847, at the height of the Irish potato famine, the Choctaw Nation donated $170, which would be about $5,000 today and they donated it for Irish famine relief. The Choctaw tribe had just suffered its own relocation trauma, forced to move from the tribal lands in Alabama and Mississippi, 500 miles west to the Oklahoma Territory, known as the Indian Territory. And that trek was also known as the Trail of Tears. But they paused to remember that there is always someone worse off than you are, and they made their generous gift to the Irish people. 170 years later, as COVID-19 ravages the Hopi and Navajo communities of New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah, a GoFundMe page was set up to accept donations with a goal of $5 million. As of May 13th, they had raised over 3.5 million, with many of the donors from Ireland or Irish American or with Irish surnames. Now, the Irish people are reciprocating the famine relief with donations that they're making today, and those donations have been acknowledged by the fund organizers. The money will be used to supply medicines, PPE equipment, food and water to many vulnerable families. For instance, the town of Gallup, New Mexico, immortalized by Nat King Cole in his Route 66 song, has been quarantined as a result of a large COVID-19 outbreak cluster. Native American health on the reservations and in adjacent communities is challenged at the best of times with high rates of diabetes, obesity, alcoholism, hypertension, and cardiac problems. And all of those health problems are what they call underlying conditions that make COVID-19 especially lethal there have been 2,757 confirmed cases among the Navajo and Hopi, and they have resulted in 88 deaths. Although it's expected that the death toll is higher than that due to underreporting. The Irish have a very keen sense of history, and they share their trials and tribulations of their own and their own sad history with that of the Choctaw Nation, as well as the Hopi and the Navajo. The Irish potato famine began in 1845 and it lasted until 1849. It was caused by a potato blight which destroyed the potato plants and inhibited the growth 
of potatoes. Potatoes had become a staple of the Irish diet throughout the 17th and 18th century. And in fact, in the 18th century, there had been a significant increase in the population of Ireland as a result of the improvement of the basic diet by adding potatoes to the basic diet of the Irish people. However, without the potato, there was little food to eat. And for farmers who regarded the potato as a cash crop, their source of revenue disappeared. And with that disappearance, they were not able to pay rent, they could not buy food, they could not support their families. In fact, it almost echoes of the challenges that we faced during the COVID-19 crisis with the close down of our economy and the loss of work and the lack of economic opportunity generally. Across Ireland throughout 1845 and until 1849, the famine spread like an encroaching wave. Many died of starvation, and it's estimated that up to one million people died as a result of starvation. Relief came very slowly. Ireland, of course, was a colony of the British Empire, and the British government of the time, led by Sir Robert Peel, took a very hands-off approach to the economy in general and to aid in particular. So most of the aid that went to Irish famine relief came from private sources. Relief money came from England, India, Australia, and the United States. The Choctaw stepped up to help, having learned firsthand the horrors of losing their lands, their livelihoods, and having suffered starvation themselves on the Trail of Tears trek from Mississippi and Alabama west over the Mississippi to Oklahoma. Again, it's estimated that one million Irish people died during the course of the famine, which was almost one-eighth of the population. An additional one million fled the country, emigrating to the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and England. And so began a catastrophic decline of Ireland's population from a peak of 8 million in 1845 to a low of 4.3 million in 1961. It, it was only in 2016 that Ireland's total population reached 6.5 million, which is what it was in the 1851 census, which was the first post-famine census in Ireland. So the scars of the famine, depopulation, and mass outward immigration lasted well over a hundred years. And throughout the second half of the 19th century and the first half of the 20th century. And it was not until 1966 when its population 
marked its first significant increase since the famine. So, on March 23, 1847, a group of Choctaws gathered in Scullyville, Oklahoma, to raise a relief fund for the Irish. Despite their own straitened circumstances, they collected $170 and sent it to a U.S. famine relief organization. The kindness and generosity of a people who were themselves stricken would never be forgotten. The Trail of Tears was a forced relocation of hundreds of thousands of Native Americans in the southeast of the United States. But the very first tribe to be relocated were the Choctaw, and approximately 60,000 Choctaw people from the states of Mississippi and Alabama were forcibly relocated to lands west of the Mississippi and specifically to the Oklahoma Territory which was known as the Indian Territory at that time. The forced relocations lasted from 1831 to 1877. So when the Choctaw took up their collection in 1847, it was during the forced relocations. Over 4,000 people, Choctaws, died of cold, hunger, and disease to what had been designated as the Indian Territory. In 1838 and 1839, as part of Andrew Jackson's Indian removal policy, the forced relocations west continued. The Choctaw and the other Native Americans actually walked all the way from the southeast of the country across the Mississippi River into the Indian Territory of Oklahoma with meager positions, if any. Unlike the European-American pioneers who traversed the country in covered wagons, the Indians had no such comfort. The forced removals were to make way for large cotton plantations in the southeast and for other lucrative agricultural crops. So as white settlers moved into the southeast, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, there was great pressure to take Indian land. So it was an economic driver that caused the displacement of the Native American people from the Southeast. In 1830, President Andrew Jackson signed the Indian Removal Act into law, and that gave the federal government the power to exchange Native-held land in the Southeast. And of course, the Southeast at that time was the home of King Cotton, but the Indian Removal Act gave the federal government the power to swap less desirable lands for 
richer agricultural lands. And those less desirable lands were west of the Mississippi in lands which had been acquired in the Louisiana Purchase. The Indian Territory, which is present-day Oklahoma, was the destination for many of the Indians from the southeast of the United States. While the Indian Removal Act did not permit coercion to remove the Indians, it was supposed to have been on a voluntary basis, the act was largely ignored by Andrew Jackson and his administration. In 1831, the Choctaw Nation became the first of the Native American nations of the Southeast to be expelled from their land. Again, they made their way to Oklahoma on foot and without food supplies or any help from the government. Thousands perished along the route. It's estimated that up to 4,000 Choctaw died of starvation and cold and illness and disease as they made their way to the new lands of the Indian Territory. As one Choctaw elder told an Alabama newspaper at the time, quote, it was a trail of tears and death, unquote. So these two people, the Irish and the Native Americans, and specifically the Choctaw, who had been dispossessed of their lands and forced to leave their homes for an uncertain future in distant lands without food and supplies or any resources made common with each other and have supported each other and most recently are supporting each other in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a shared and sorry fate, but it's a fate which is also one that gives great hope that after 170 years of actions that were taken by Choctaw ancestors in Oklahoma, it's one that is remembered and honored and reciprocated by the Irish today as they are fighting their own battle with COVID-19 and living in shelter in place and living on lockdown. So again, that original act of kindness of 1847 continues to pay dividends in 2020 and is being remembered by the Irish and Irish Americans today. In 2017, the chief of the Choctaw Nation, Gary Batten, was honored by the Irish president, Michael Higgins, during his visit to Ireland. And in 2018, Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar was honored by the Choctaw Nation in Oklahoma. So the ties that bind over 170 years later are still flourishing 
amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, when the Choctaw, the Navajo, and the Hopi are being especially hard hit by the virus. And for any listeners who would care to support the Navajo and the Hopi and the Choctaw in their fight against COVID-19, the GoFundMe page is accessible to all. You can go and look at it and make a donation if you wish. The sources for my podcast today include the Irish Echo, the History Channel, the Irish Famine Museum, and The Guardian. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Experience. This is your host, Jim Herlihy, signing off from America's favorite city, San Francisco.